I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Everybody and welcome back to Outer Travel in a Journey and hello to Patrick Harrahy, my guest on this show today. Hi. Hello, Alexander. Nice to meet you. Nice meeting you and seeing you again after so many years, Patrick. Uh, I'm so glad you made it to the show and yeah, good yes. to see you. Okay, I, I I enjoyed meeting you while you were living in Dublin and. Uh, Yes, so it's yeah. nice to see that you are. Yeah. yeah, we had a nice and good run of exchange to you doing exercise. And then for the listener, we do a quick, uh, we did yoga together. And for the listener, I just want to give a brief introduction that you can then extend into your personal story, if you like. So Patrick Harry, he, he is currently in Ireland um, and living in Ireland. And we met because he was looking for yoga. I taught him. And when I taught him, I found out he is a psychotherapist and he specializes in working with trauma. And as we lately reconnected, we also figured out we have something in common in trying to help people to stabilize their lives, whether they are traumatized or not. And you, you mentioned these five key resources that you use um, for yourself. I believe as much as for anybody you help with. So, so exercise, food, um, engagement, and relaxation are the key words of our conversation today. That's right. And sleep also. Yes. And sleep. Sleep is relaxation as well, isn't it, Patrick? Sorry. Yes, sleep is relaxation, but it's, uh, yeah, but it's an important part as well that, uh, that people get yeah. adequate sleep. Do you know, it helps them to stabilize. Yeah, um, it, yeah, because sleep is more as relaxation, you're right. It's kind of a self-healer, isn't it? I mean, in, in sleep, so much more happens than happens when we just actively relax. Yeah, a lot of healing happens when people are asleep, and that's a, an important. And as opposed, when I work with trauma, it's a lot of people have difficulty in sleeping. Uh, mm. you no, know, they have nightmares, they have... Um, all sorts of things that uh, keep them awake. So, yeah. uh, so using techniques to uh, to get a proper night's sleep is quite important. You know? mm. yeah. yeah. What kind of techniques are we talking about? Uh, we something we just call a sleep hygiene. Uh, maybe not drinking caffeine, like coffee, minerals late in the evening. Not eating late. Not taking alcohol. Um trying to go to bed maybe at the same time and getting mm -hmm. up, you know, even if you're even just getting up at the same time in the morning, you get your, that internal clock working. So um, preparing for sleep as well, you know, maybe 
you know, it's like a baby, do you know, of a baby, you're getting the baby ready to bed, you might spend an hour doing little things. So I think adults may be the same. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe going for a bath, maybe mm-hmm. um, doing doing something, not watching anything serious, turn off TV, turn off computers, maybe mm-hmm. an hour beforehand, things like that. Mm-hmm. I like that you're calling it sleep hygiene. I call it um, in the, these are the basis of my Ayurvedic program that I keep talking about, but it's not my program, but it was instigated in um, a very important text in Ayurveda, the Samhita. And in that text, they were, there's just one page that says, you know, how you run your day. And one of these things that happens when you read through it, it really creates a sense of you have to have a, an evening routine, like you have to create the atmosphere around um, the bedroom time, you know, or the time before sleep rather than getting fixed on can I sleep or not sleep? What do I do when I lie awake in bed kind of scenario? Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's other things then like uh, progressive relaxation. You probably know more a bit about that. Mm. Yeah, uh, there's different exercises that people can do, you know, if mm-hmm. they can't sleep while they're in bed. And that's yeah. normally as a result of trauma, maybe, you know, if they're, uh, if they find that they're self, if they're activated, uh, yeah. nice or techniques like that. Um, very often panic attacks, you know, if people have panic attacks in the middle of the night, mm. grounding exercises, you know, getting out, maybe mm. putting your feet on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, whole lot of different techniques that, uh, that we use yeah. as well. What kind of trauma do you encounter? I mean, a lot of us, This I, I had two people on this show already talking about trauma, but I would love to hear what is your main experience? What do you, what kind of trauma do you, are you facing in your uh, work? Okay, uh, I, do, I would divide trauma into two different categories. There's a developmental trauma that I think everybody experiences in some ways growing up in families. It can be due to social issues, alcohol issues, uh, separations, divorce, uh, domestic violence, all that sort of stuff. And then the other type then is shock trauma. It can be um, sexual abuse, traffic mm-hmm. accidents, work accidents. Accidents. I've been working with somebody just today now and uh, with a serious accident on a building site yeah. and uh, all that sort of stuff. And um, so there's a different ways of working with both. I probably won't go into it too deeply here, but uh, uh, with developmental trauma, people develop, say, putting in a nutshell, belief systems, you know, mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. And with trauma, a lot of parts are put into the unconscious, you know, with trauma, if there's say something going on in the family, maybe people use avoidance techniques, that's just one thing. And uh, that's when people are then adults, then they're using the same techniques, you know, in relationships, they're avoiding conflict, they're avoiding, and that's- are these, Sorry, are these people um, aware of that they go into tra- trauma? Because I often think and sense that we, we do not really tap into developmental trauma a lot for ourselves until maybe a relationship breaks, as you say, or maybe we can't hold a job because of insomnia or whatever. What is your experience 
how do people come uh, that, to you? That that can be the that can be the situation as well. Mm. Uh, very often, uh, like somebody, I've had a few people say, for instance, uh, they have had pains, maybe you know, different pains in the body. They've gone down the medical road, and the medical they find absolutely nothing. So it turns out it's a somatic thing, ah. you know. So, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, very often uh, when people become parents, maybe their mm. child reaches three or four. That's the time mm. maybe they had the trauma, you know, when they were small. So that actually activates their own trauma, you know. Uh, there's a whole lot of different different things. Um, I've worked yeah. with people, say, for instance, who um, know one particular person who had a very successful career mm. and uh after about 20 years, he couldn't travel, couldn't get into a plane anymore, couldn't get into a lift, couldn't. Uh, so it was all the trauma sort of re-emerged, you know, yeah. so. So it can kind of hit out of the blue, isn't it like that? It can be triggered by something. And then it can be triggered up. because, yes, our bodies have a way of sort of hiding the trauma or sort of that's a protecting. It, you know, we have protectors mm. that protect us from the trauma. And then all of a sudden it can, it can, uh, can erupt, do you know? Uh, I see that often in my practice as a consultant, you know, that people come with pains or things. And like often when we go through the health history and uh, because as such like you, we, we're working also with the mental aspects of healing. It's not like how your skin looks, how your poses, how your eyes shine, your skin shines, but we're looking also at the, at the um, relationship between things that happen. And what I hear most often is that people feel like, but I could do this, you know, I could do this before. I didn't have these issues before. And I, and I often kind of relate this to really coming to a point, a high point in their life. And we might not even call it trauma, but to a juncture where the body says like, I don't want to do this anymore. You have to face it. Yeah. So, Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm sure another thing, since you're into yoga, and um, I'm sure you've heard of iRest uh, yoga. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Richard, Richard Miller, you heard of Richard Miller? I think yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah, he was the person who developed. So that is, that is um, as you probably know, a lot of people who have trauma, when they do yoga relaxation exercises, it can actually bring them back into the trauma again. Yeah. So we we yeah. have to be very very uh, careful. And as, as I know, as a yoga teacher, I have a few friends now who are yoga teachers. Mm. Or I have clients actually who went to yoga and got traumatized mm. because the yoga teacher wasn't trauma informed. You know, so it's very important that, uh, that. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because I also have uh, other teachers in my circle of teachers that were saying how important it is not to push everybody into meditation and because it can reactivate trauma. You know, that yeah. was one thing that came out quite early 10 years ago. And, you know, everybody is so, oh yeah, it's so, it's so nice to relax in yoga and it's Shavasana, I like it, but yeah. very little do we know about where people come from. Yeah. Yeah, because very often the abuse happens, you know, say, for instance, when somebody goes, somebody has been in their bed, and that's when the, the abuse maybe happened. So mm -hmm. when they go into relaxation, that's mm -hmm. when they get, that's when they get triggered. 
But generally, I find that if it's a guided meditation, that maybe works uh, with some people. And uh, maybe yeah, but not the, the yeah, not the classic ones where we're talking about Zen meditation, silence meditation. You know, where you just sit and watch. So that's that's what I'm talking about. And the other thing I was going to say with trauma, um, I, my experience as well, uh, especially with uh, with police, army, fire brigade personnel, they're normally used to an active life. Yeah. And um, so when trauma hits them, then they, they go sick maybe from work and they're at home and their mm -hmm. whole system gets out of sync. You know, they're mm -hmm. uh, just, they stop doing exercise, their diet changes, they're drinking more coffee. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of the work I find as well is just stabilizing, getting them back again. Exercise in particular is, uh, I think is very, very important. And I do, as you know, I do a lot of exercise and I do a lot of mountaineering, hiking. Yeah. And, um, what, what do you find so engaging about mountaineering? I remember you excessively talking about trips and how you kind of keep your, you know, like it, it, it's, I think, the key point to your life almost and to your happiness. If I look at you as a person from my perspective, yeah, how did you for get myself, there? I think, because uh, I grew, I grew, I grew up on a small farm on the west of Ireland, mm -hmm. and as a child, we always worked at six years of age, ten years of age. You know, there was always work to do on the, on the farm, mm. and I have a love of nature. You know, I love the yeah. the plants, the birds, the streams, lakes, mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a huge resource for me. But I also find that um, when I'm working with clients who are traumatized, uh, we try and develop a safe place because uh, going back to trauma again, there's a, there's a Dan Siegel. He's a, he developed what he calls a window of tolerance. And uh, so it's keeping, when you're working with trauma, you have to keep people within that window. If they go outside that window, then they're, they're activated. Mm -hmm. So um, we try and get people to visualize a safe place. And most times it's beside water or in nature, you know? Oh. Mm -hmm. so do they choose that themselves or are you suggesting? Uh, they, I would ask them to just kind of remember a safe place, a place where, where they feel, you know, mm -hmm. uh, very happy you know yeah and very often it's beside a river it's on a mountain mm. it's listening to birds it's all that sort of stuff you know yeah so, would you say you've been through trauma yourself because i i hear you you know saying my key question is like why did you pick up hiking next to that you love nature was there a key moment for you to say like yeah i need to do this more often or uh, yes, I, I did experience um, trauma myself, and uh, I also worked, I think what got me into this work initially was I worked in the police, mm -hmm. where a lot of my colleagues uh, would have had trauma. I've had a few instances myself as well. I have known people to develop addictions and things like that as a result of trauma, and uh, I think that's very sad because when trauma is treated, you know, there's ways of coping with it. Mm. And I think, that, I think that's very, very important that our, like mm. people who are working in the health area, mm. that it's very, very important that we take self-care. 
And the other part of that, my self-care now at the moment would be going hiking in the mountains, in nature. And um, it helps me then to be more available for my clients. You know, mm. Normally on a Sunday, I would do maybe maybe a 37K, 40K hike, you know, maybe mm. spend eight hours in nature mm. and uh, you come back then, you're, you're ready for Monday morning again, you know, you're yeah. completely... Yeah completely refreshed you know yeah but we mentioned sleep as well so i think when people exercise their sleep improves an awful lot yeah um, because i've worked with people say for instance uh people who do a lot of exercise and they get a, uh, an injury like a knee injury or foot injury and they can't exercise and then they find then after they're not sleeping as well so mm -hmm. So, um, so exercise helps the sleep as well. You know, I think it's very, very, very important. Yeah, and um, I think also the right balance in exercise. I mean, there is some people who will go to the extremes of doing too much in order to remedy their sleeplessness or whatever they say things. So there can be a fine balance between exercising and exercising. I'm glad now you mentioned that because yeah, yeah. I've been working with somebody recently and exercise was the addiction. You yeah. know, somebody was yeah. doing extreme exercise mm. and uh, as a result, then the, the relationship faltered because you're know, not, not spending enough time with relationship, you yeah. know? So, uh, yeah, so that's a very important aspect as well. Work mm. as well. A lot of people who've been traumatized will work 12 hours, 16 hours a day, you know, and that keeps wow. them away from their traumas, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a, it's not just alcohol, drugs, addiction. Uh, yeah. It can be. Or can abuse. Be work, yeah. Shocking. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to reveal here a little bit that, in, and in the finest form that this, pandemic is sort of traumatic for people because they might not you know or that they find back into trauma that has been there from a developmental side because maybe they need to overwork you know some part of the workforce here in Germany and you know people I relate to they are called to being like super busy and then other people are the opposite to that so what's your perspective and experience right now yeah. with this? At the moment now, I think anybody who suffers a bit of anxiety or trauma, um, mm. this, they're not doing the same uh, resources. Um, like in Ireland at the moment, we've got a 5K limit. People can't go beyond their 5K limit. So I'm lucky where I live. I live beside the mountains, so I can mm -hmm. do my... But there's other people who are living in different parts, say, of Dublin, and they don't have access to that at the moment. Mm. Mm. And all the gyms, gyms are closed, even um, yoga studios, it's all mm. online at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe in a couple of minutes, so, we'll talk yeah. about social yeah, engagement as yeah. well. That's talk another- Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. How do we deal with the non-social engagement that's only happening, happening on screen these days? Uh, what's your- Right. Yeah, I think that's the best. I suppose it's important that people do use the screen to their full advantage. And uh, mm. even with, with 
social engagement, you and I just here now, do you know, like uh, our facial expressions, do you know, yeah. our eye, we are making some sort of a contact, do you know. Mm. Mm. Um, there's a Stephen Porges, if you want to look up Stephen Porges, the polyvagal mm -hmm. system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about that, how important it is, mm -hmm. our facial expressions. And uh, uh, so that, that is very, very so, important. Yeah. yeah. But also, so an another good book for anybody uh, to read is Kelly, Kelly McGonigal. I think she taught mm -hmm. yoga as well. You know, she works, she works in uh, mm -hmm. America and she's a psychologist and uh, she has written several books, but one is, uh, what's this called? I can't think of the name, but I have the book anyway. It's about exercise in general, but also doing exercise in groups. Mm. That, like, like say in a yoga studio where you have a group of people doing it together in a gym as well, where mm. you have people doing exercise together because not only are you doing the exercise, but your social engagement part as well is being activated. Yeah. No, but so that's that. what I'm saying. It's deactivated. I know that you're saying uh, it. We may have to make you with the screen and seeing the expressions of people. But from the back of the hand, what what would you tell people what to do, how to kind of fulfill their needs for exercise, social engagement beyond, you know, maybe staring at the screen and doing a yoga class with a group of people that you can't really see and all the little pictures. Uh, is there something that you could safely you know pass on to people who are listening right now and maybe looking for answers yeah with with the COVID as well I suppose yes and um, it's maybe using the screen uh, there's an awful lot of uh, even free uh, stuff on the screens at the moment exercises that people can do mm. um, I suppose as the weather gets better even going out working in the garden uh, the book the Kelly McGonagall, just the name of the book came into my head there, The Joy of Movement. That's yeah. the, name, the name of the book. And yeah. uh, she talks about doing exercise that you enjoy doing rather than, yeah. you know, if somebody, if you don't like jogging, don't do jogging, but do something, do swimming yeah. or do something else. Like, so it's the joy, getting joy out of it. Like, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. When I tell people to engage in a breath body practice to to really inspire also the hormones and the whole lymphatic system and the immune system is gets knocked more strong if you keep your body moving but it doesn't need to be a yoga exercise it can be also dance parties in your own living room or something like that yeah all all that's all that yeah and then again eating healthily i think that's important as well you know the mm. eating, eating healthily mm. and uh, yeah and, but and, it's very hard, you know, like, I mean, we would, we've been talking about this, my husband and I, and we, we live quite healthily. We have access to organic food. We can afford organic food as well. And, but it's also almost like people get so bored these days that they feel like they have to do this binge watching and higher, you know, consumption of sugar and alcohol. I think that that is quite common in winter as well as it uh, kind of, is now becoming more and more a problem in Germany. You know, the best sold product is alcohol, you know. Um, alcohol, more than yes. Yeah. That is a danger at the moment as well. And I'm also hearing in Ireland as well that the domestic abuse has uh, gone up, you know, because yeah. uh, 
there are some, you know, in small apartments, maybe you have maybe three or four people working together, you know, mm -hmm. they're all working yeah. at home and that's yeah. causing, that's causing major problems. So mm -hmm. what I would do is advise people say, just to get out for a walk, walk around the block, say it at just after lunch break, you know, even mm -hmm. for, you know, even if you get out for a 10 minute walk. So it's important mm -hmm. to get out of the environment and mm -hmm. uh, to respect, have boundaries as well, to respect other people in the same mm -hmm. household who's working, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, everybody has different jobs. And I think mm -hmm. in, in some families, maybe some people think my job is more important than your job, you know, and mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's important to respect what other yeah. people are doing as well, you know, to give them yeah. the space. And we have we have a little bit of a problem here also with space. And uh, now for the second lockdown, I had this idea of buying the overhead headphones that you see here, you know, and we, uh, we signal that to each other. If I wear this, you can't disrupt me. This is my workspace. This is my office space. And it works quite well. And we have then, we, we've kind of came up with a lot of funny and fun things to respect each other in the household and you know maybe it can be more um, searched um, in families or in shared apartments how you want to co-create the yeah. respectful yeah. manners yeah yeah also what i'm discovering as well um i know there are some people say starting work at maybe six o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. They spend time then maybe getting the children ready for different things, but they're still working at 10 o'clock that night. You know, there's no, mm -hmm. you know, that's important that people put a yeah. structure to yeah. the work. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people I find as well is, uh, you know, they're used to working in the office environment and they can shout across if they need help mm -hmm. with something. And some some managers aren't responding to emails or phone calls and uh, the person is struggling at home trying to you know, finish a project and mm. they need help and that help is not readily available you know so that's yeah. a that's a huge yeah. thing that needs to be uh, mm. to be looked at you know? yeah absolutely i mean I'm, I'm talking to a few people that have managing positions and they're saying they're noticing i mean everybody was happy when they were able to keep working and they found these solutions with all the different team meeting tools the video conferences but it we're seeing the back end of that as well right now as you're describing you know more and more managers feel like they they're seeing particularly people who are single and are not tied into a social system like into an immediate family or whatever and are also taking the lockdown rules quite serious, which is okay, you know, like, but they're finding themselves really struggling. And um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. And especially like I, I would have a few people, uh, clients that I know that are, they're living alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they're finding that very, very difficult, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and because they have anxiety issues, maybe tr maybe trauma backgrounds as well. Mm. They're they find they make they have social uh, issues as well. They find it difficult maybe socializing with people, and those people now can be very isolated. You know, yeah. Um, 
I do find that some, I know some employers are putting on special events for their staff, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if all, if all employers did that, it'd be, it'd be great. Do you know that? Uh, yeah. Special yeah. events like what? What are they offering? That sounds good. Uh, like even maybe even a cooking thing, you know, maybe putting on a cooking class and getting people yeah. in a one company, I think even to send the ingredients, I think out to the, out to the participants wow. and they wow. sort of cook together. Yeah. Uh, quizzes as well, quizzes. Mm. and um, But also having regular meetings, making sure that everybody is okay. Do you know mm. that sort of thing? You mm. know, it, uh, because I think uh, again, I think that's a very important thing in trauma as well, especially in somebody's in an organization when their boss checks in on them, yeah. and it means that you know they're cared for. You know, when somebody feels that my when they feel my boss cares about me, that's a huge mm. healing thing. Do you know mm. that? Uh, mm. Yeah, my boss, my boss has taken the trouble to check in yeah. that I'm okay. That's important. Yeah. You know. I think that's mm. what needs to happen now with the COVID as well. Mm. Employers may, may need to put systems in place that to check that all mm. their um, employees are coping okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and if you if you don't have such an employer, we, we can only highly recommend either to seek private support. You know, like seek out somebody like Patrick or find a group forum where you can be seen and understood. That's yeah, it's very, very important that we, yeah, that we keep contacts going anyway. It's important that mm. we socialize. Mm. That's very, very important. And hopefully this with the vaccinations, I think uh, there's a bit of hope there now at the moment mm. that maybe mm. uh, in another few months, things might be a bit better, you know? Yeah. We have a saying in my coaching program uh, where we kind of lift up people to the standards that they want to live at, even in um, you know difficult times where we say like, don't tweak out, but reach out because we all struggle. You know, we all find life difficult at times and not even in pandemic, but life is there to be shared. And we are all just human beings. We are human, yeah, and that can be a consequence of trauma as well. A lot of people uh, become self-reliant as a result mm. of trauma, mm. and they have a difficulty in reaching out. You know, mm. so so reaching mm-hmm. out is uh, is an important. And how thing. do you do? You have a trick? How can somebody reach out? Um, okay, from the model that I trained in, it's called sensory motor psychotherapy yeah. um pat ogden i think she has reached i think she originated or, or her ancestors came from germany as far as i'm aware yeah. so even in therapy we'd even do like like reaching out physically as well you know being able to reach out um and by doing that then it maybe can help people to reach out you know mm. because um mm. yeah it can it can be um and yeah. how do you reach out when you can't don't have anybody i mean that is the difficulty i hear what you're saying and then at the same time i imagine body somebody sitting at home struggling not noticing that the symptoms are showing traumatic symptoms but just feeling responsible for not finding sleep trying to keep their job to keep their livelihood 
So in how do they apply sensory and motory? Um, yeah, how do they apply that trick of sensory motory motivation? Okay, I suppose they would have to come to um, to a therapist initially, as opposed to uh, to develop some of those skills, because it's a lifelong. Uh, like say, for instance, I, I I had I knew a girl one time. She was she was working um, in an environment where she had to lift something heavy, uh, maybe a couple of times a week, you know, and uh, she struggled with herself, but, but like there was a there was a few big lads working, a few big men working with her. And they yeah. found her, they found that she was stuck up, you know, they, they, they saw her. And uh, so eventually I got her to ask for help. Yeah. And when she asked them for help, they were delighted to help. But also she started to socialize with, with them. And her yeah. life changed, her life changed completely. Like, you know, it's just a simple mm. exercise of asking people for help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like even when you go into a shop and say like, can you help me where to find this? That can be like the first exercise you can do in, you know, like if we, we all go shopping still, so. Yeah. yeah, and that's another exercise I do with clients as well, that when they go into the shop, yeah. to have a conversation with the shop, with the person at the, the yeah. cashier, you know, just to say it's a nice day or something, you know, just, you know, because that's part of our socializing as well, you know, just to do yeah. little techniques like that. Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like we we do have similar working patterns. I work with groups. We work with single individuals. So I'm, I'm I find this quite exciting. It, as long as we're trying to keep the idea of you know we all have our stories to tell in the foreground, you know, and everybody and most people are more interested in listening to stories and listening to what happened in someone's life then you would figure out initially if you hold back. So yeah, I find that yes. interesting. Yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. A final word from you, Patrick. Do you want to live uh, or give a piece of advice or to the listener or just say something concluding? Um, again, I suppose, yeah, get out, move. Movement is very, very important. And uh, seek help. Always seek help if you're, because uh, this life is not re. This is not a rehearsal, you know. Yeah. It's important that we just live live life to our full potential. Mm. And anybody with trauma, um, in my experience, uh, people who work through their traumas, you know, to become more spiritual, yeah. they're, they're they get more in touch with themselves, and there's a there's a good life out there to be lived, you know. So that's, that's yeah. Uh, Beautiful. Mm. Thank you, yeah. And just to clarify, spiritual. I, I, uh, how do you explain spiritual? I have different kind of ways of talking about. Spirituality. Um, okay, spirituality. Uh, it's different. It's different for everybody. Uh, being in nature for some people, uh, like going to yoga. That's going to yoga. Going to psychotherapy. Uh, that's sometimes we call it yeah mm -hmm. we we can grow spiritually that way some yeah. people some people use religion and um, yeah. religion can be very useful but sometimes i think religion can also stop growth because uh you know people just go into the a routine of religion and yeah. uh, 
it's too dogmatic sometimes. It can be, yeah. No, it, and it's, it's also very useful for, it, yeah, it's, it's a good way for some people, but for other ways, it can, it can, for other people, it can stop the spiritual growth. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm asking you this because, of course, traditionally, like spirituality is something very difficult to describe in Ireland. There is a whole sense of, you know, the church and what the church has done with that. That's why I wanted you to explain how we can seek out spirituality. In a yeah, because a lot. Of, yeah, because yeah. as well as that, I find that when you when you mention spirituality to some people, they think it's yeah, it's religion, it's that. So this, exactly. it's, it's it's more it's more than that. Or it's esoteric, so not so steeped in wisdom of the old and wise, and the yeah, yeah, it's, it's continual. <laughs> I think, yeah, we just talk about the road to enlightenment, it's it's a, it's a continuous road, you know, until exactly. the day we die, you know, we're learning, and uh, I think that's that's the important. We never arrive there, it's just a, it's a journey that we're on, you know. I love it. So happy journeying, everybody. Thanks again to my guest, Patrick. It was lovely to have this conversation with you. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.